Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Want to go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and... You feel shame, you know, and then you get free. The only thing better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. And welcome to the 4th Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 322 of the Big Show, some enforcer-based podcasting coming at you, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing out there? Another wild Wednesday. Didn't we just do this? Seems like it. Oh, the days. The days fly by, don't they? How are you guys doing? Well, we got a, we got a show for you today, folks. Let me tell you. I am joined by Dante, returning guest Dante. I think this is about his third time he's been on. And he decided he's going to sit in the hot seat and play 10 rapid-fire questions. So we do that. We'll do that at the end. Uh, well, well, I've already recorded it, but I'll put that at the end. Um, got some hockey cards here. Like I always say, open up the hockey cards on an audio podcast. It's always a good time. We have the 1991 Top Stadium Club. Actually, very nice-looking cards, actually. Um, but we'll open that package. Dollarama special. And, uh, oh, and Jolton Joe Lazito sent me a list. The five toughest New York Rangers. I have not opened the list. It's sitting in my text right now. He says, you have to do this on the show. So I could imagine this doozy of a list if Lazito's sending it. So we'll do that. Tim, are you ready? All right, let's go. So, uh, but before we get rolling, obviously, as I said, I'm a member of the Hockey Podcast Network. I don't even know how many shows are on the network now. 60? Uh, something like that. I'm on the original content side uh, with a bunch of these jolly jokers. The, uh, Of course, as I said before, Joe Lazito over at the Coliseum Chronicles. Alec at the Five for Fighting Podcast. Jordan at Five in a Game. And then, of course, old, uh, you know, uh, TR, Terry Ryan, he's on the, he's, uh, well, he's the big fish on the network, old Shorzy there, uh, Ted Hitchcock. But, uh, yeah, that's my group. Uh, what a group that is, you know. But, uh, anyway, you know, I, I try to stay to the sides, try not to get any on me. But, uh, 
yeah, so ch- check out their check out their shows. Of course, as I said, Joe with the Coliseum Chronicles. His latest episode is actually an off the island. Normally he does Islander stuff, but he went off the island this time with Trevor Steenberg, former Quebec Nordique. Uh, he's, that's his latest episode. Alec, who is feeling under the weather right now. I know he started a new job and got sick. How's that one? Cloudy got sick. So hopefully he bounces back. I know he actually has the interview with Kelly Bent. Uh, it's a Wichita Thunder East Coast League uh, tough guy. I know he's already recorded it. It's done. But he was ha- he's, prob- he's having problems with the intro in terms of the audio is corrupt. So uh, I know he wants to get at that. And then he got sick and got a new job. And there's a lot of shit happening down there in North Carolina, I'll tell you. So, but don't worry, folks. He's still podcasting. You know, I, that might disappoint a lot of people. But I'm just saying, he's still at it. Just a little under the weather right now. He'll bounce back. So he'll be coming out. And then Jordan at five in a game. Of course, he's still working out in the, out in the rigs. And, uh, as soon as he gets back home to Cape Breton, he will be releasing new interviews. So hang in there. But, uh, what should we do? Well, how about we open these hockey cards first? As I said, Dollarama, the Dollarama specials. Um, you believe we went to Dollarama the other day and spent like $79. Who spent $79 at Dollarama? Well, we did. Actually, the Dollarama here in town is pretty good. It's really large. So it, uh, but yeah, geez, 1991, you think I could be, I think I could get into these things? There we go. The excitement. Uh, if people are on the edge of their seat right now. Yeah. Oop. Okay. Well, first card right off the hop. We're in one here. I like it. Hot start. Scott Mallonby. Oh, underrated power forward. Let's see what his latest stat. In 90-91, he played uh, 74 games. He had 20 goals, 21 assists, 155 minutes of penalties. There you go. We're off to a good start. Oh, next. Speaking of underrated, Mike Gartner. One of the fastest humans to ever strap on skates. Yeah, great, outstanding player. Bob Sweeney of the Bruins. There you go. Big old D-man. Kirk Muller. Captain Kirk. There you go. The New Jersey Devils. I always, I, I always liked Kirk Muller. He was alright. Pat Flatley. Oh, there we go. I'll put that aside for Lazito. Yeah. Then Broadway, Bernie Nichols. Yeah. Actually, underrated career. Bernie was, Bernie was solid. Rob Brown, there you go. Yeah, will always be famously remember scoring 49 one year in Pittsburgh as he was a line mate of Mario Lemieux. He is the, he holds the all-time WHL record for scoring in a season. I believe it's 212 points, if I remember correctly. Without looking it up, I believe that's what it is with the Kamloops Blazers. We got a goalie. Rick Wamsley, there you go. Dave Poulin. Guy Carboneau. Frederick Olofsson. There you go. Well, I'll tell you, if that if I had opened up that if I had paid well, I guess I did pay money for that pack. But yeah. I would have been disappointed coming home from uh seven eleven with my big golf opening that in nineteen ninety one. But well well I got Melonby. He'll go over there. There we go. Opening hockey cards on an audio podcast. Edge of your seat, I'll tell you. 
All right. Well, uh, you know what? Well, Dante and I talked for for quite a bit, so I'm not gonna I'm not to take too long. Well, I shouldn't say that. Let's let's we'll look up this list here, and uh, <laughs> I might be on that for a while. I have another text message. Who is texting me here? Live on the we're uh, here. We are in real time. Tony from Vancouver. What are you texting me? Who do you have in that Brown McPhee fight? Well, that's a very out out of left field question, Tony. Um, Brown and McPhee. Uh, Brown isn't isn't that the one where J- Caulfield jumps in? Yeah, Caulfield jump. It's with the Ranger. Yeah, yeah, and then J- yeah, they're going, and Jay Caulfield jumps in. Um, I don't think it was much of a fight, but I think Brown was kind of just obviously was punching downhill. I think he was giving it. I like, you know, I like George. I'm not saying anything, trying not to knock him, but I mean, I mean, he was, he, whatever, he was in there, but I think Brown was landing the harder punch. I don't know. It's been a forever since I watched that fight. And so, uh, I would say Brown, if memory, I mean, why would Caulfield jump in if McPhee was winning? We'll put it that way. So, I don't know. I, I would say Dave Brown. Uh, right. Where's Lazito? Where's your text? Here it is. Um, <clears throat> Okay. Uh, oh, it, oh, it's from the hockey news. Oh, well, the, yeah. it's getting better and better already here, Lazito. Okay. Well, folks, here we are. Joe Lazito sponsored uh, top five, the New York Rangers top five enforcers. By Johnny Lazarus. October October eighth, twenty twenty three. This is brand new, huh? Well, my more my question actually becomes is why is Lazito reading the hockey news in twenty twenty three? That's more of a question, but we'll get into that later. Um, all right. Well, folks, as always, um, I am discovering this list with you guys. I have not gone through this before, so I told Lazito. I said, "Well, I'm not going to click on the link. I'm going to trust that you tell me this is a good one." Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. So uh, I said, I hope this is awful. I'm assuming it is if Joe is sending it to me and telling me that I have to do this on the air. So let's discover this together, folks. Here we go. Tim, you ready? All right. Well, it's a real Ranger-dominated uh, show today. What, what's going on? I had Well, it's been for the last couple of weeks. I had Danny on. That's all he wanted to talk about was the Rangers. Dante's on. Oh, yeah, it's, it's just... Yeah, it's been just red, white, and blue all over the place around here. Yeah. All right. The New York Rangers have plenty of tough guys that have donned the red, white, and blue sweater. New Yorkers certainly have an appreciation for blue-collar type of players that aren't afraid to mix things up. Throughout the 97-year history of the New York Ranger franchise, the organization has found plenty of toughness, grit, and overall personality. But there are certain select few players that truly left their mark on the Big Apple. There's certainly a generational difference when it comes to the term enforcer, because in today's NHL, there aren't as many around the league. The way that I would define an enforcer is a player that is always the first to step in when sticking up for a teammate, and the guy whose main objective is to get under the opponent's skin. Were enforcers supposed to get under people's skin? That's more of an agitator. Enforcer is a bully. That's the simplest way to put it, but whatever. Uh, there are a ton of names that come to mind when you think of the Rangers enforcers during my lifetime, but if I had to narrow it down to the top five list, these are the names I'm going to go with. 
Before we get into the top five, let's give some honorable mentions. Derek Bugard, Darius Gasparitis, Ryan Reeves, Sandy McCarthy, Brashear, Nick Fatio, Vic Hatfield, Brandon Press, Brad Park, Rod Greshner, Chris King, Matthew Barnaby, Joey Koser, and last but not least, Ty Domi. Well, holy shit, if those guys are the honorable mentions, this list is going to be tremendous. All right. <laughs> Fatio and Koser and Domi are honorable mentions. Okay. Oh, all right, here we go. Four ways to retire comfortably with $500,000. Oh, okay. Well, maybe I'll read that later. <laughs> Number five. Oh, Dale Purrington. 181 games, 578 penalty minutes, 48 total fights. Uh, Purrington may not have had the longest lasting NHL career, but in five seasons that he played in the league, he, he made his presence known. Purrington played a total of 181 NHL games, all in the Rangers sweater, and he managed to tally 578 minutes. Six foot three blue liner was an absolute menace and feared nobody. Most of Purrington's fights came against the Flyers as he often challenged their enforcer, who at the time was none other than Donald Brashear. Very tough individual. Purrington dealt with concussion issues as his career continued. He became very outspoken about trying to help other guys that laced up the skates in the NHL. He's extremely passionate, making hockey a safer game for everyone. Um... I always, you know, Purrington catches a lot of shit on the message boards, and he did some kind of some dirty shit without a doubt. Um, I always actually liked Purrington. Uh, he, he was great in the Western Hockey League, uh, you know, playing in uh, with Tacoma and then Lethbridge. And uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I like, I remember his Hartford Wolfpack stuff. He was all over the place. He had like 400 some minutes in the American League the one year. Uh, yeah, I said big guy's got his name tattooed across his back. And, uh, um, well, Dante and I, it's funny, while well, I'm here, I'm spoiling, I'm walking on the punchline here, but, um, you know, well, I'll put it this way, Dante and I talk about Dale Purrington, and so I won't go into what we talked about, because I'll let you find out when you listen to the interview with Dante, but, uh, yeah, we talk about Purrington, but, yeah, I don't know, I I always like Purrington, I mean, <laughs> you know, am I putting him ahead of Koser and Fatigue? No, but I mean, okay. I mean, there's worse names that could have been on this list than Dale Purrington, but, uh, okay. Number four, Sean Avery. <clears throat> Alright. Uh, picking Sean Avery at four most definitely a little biased on my behalf because he was my favorite player growing up. I'm not sure that there was anyone better at pissing off the opposition than Avery. He was a specific aura about him that easily ticked off other players. Avery may, now, may not have gotten into as many fights as other players in Ranger history, but some of his antics that he was able to pull off and get away with were truly extraordinary. I mean, the guy was a, had a new rule made up after him, which might be the most legendary things that this has ever happened in the history of this franchise. Uh, when Avery was on the ice, everyone knew it, and the crowd always was on the edge of their seats waiting to see what he would do next. Um... Yeah, I mean, I mean, in terms of how we played in the league and everything, I, I mean, I've said it before. I liked Sean Avery. Um, you know, now was he a great fighter or anything like? No, no. I mean, he's like, oh, he's kind of he's Matthew Barnaby light, you know. Um, but I mean, you know, teammates didn't like him. Douchebag. It's gone on record as more than a few players are like, and these are teammates. One thing, if the opposition doesn't like you, that's the point. But when your teammates don't like you either. Um, I think Avery got so busy trying to be Sean Avery, uh, he shortened his career and just pissed off too many people, the Rangers, it was his antics in New York. And everybody go, oh, it was the thing with Brodeur that got him out of the league. No, they were, like the Rangers gave a shit about that. No, it was just the off ice. It was always just something with him, right? And it wasn't for being on the ice and playing. It was just his big mouth in the locker room and with the press and running around. And I mean, he was always, there was always something. 
and it, teams just don't want the hassle. And I mean, I mean, you could do that shit if you're scoring fifty, but when you're an agitator fourth line guy, Avery was a good player. He was decent. Um, if he actually just gotten his head around it, like just kind of kept it on the ice and, um, yeah, he would have played a lot longer and he could always say, Oh, I didn't want to play anymore. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. Cause playing in the NHL and making millions is just such a burden. Um, like I said, I think he got wrapped up in being Sean Avery, uh, the character and, um, you know, but I don't, was the NHL better with him in it? I think so. Um, you need guys like that. I mean, not just for, you know, he'd start shit, right? Get the game going and ignite, you know, he was the, he was the match that was, uh, with the dynamite, right? So, I don't know, I don't mind Avery now when I put him on a list of five, no, no, but, eh, whatever. Yeah, fuck Joe, we're off to a hot start here. Number three, Darren Langdon. Eh, yeah, alright, I can go with Langdon. Okay, I wouldn't put him at three, but I, okay. Definitely deserves more respect on this list, especially since he was the most fights all time as a Ranger uniform 75. That being said, I didn't have the opportunity to watch much of Langdon during his time in New York because I was too young to remember. But when you think of the Rangers' toughness, he is one of the first names that comes to mind. Uh, we can always go to YouTube there, Johnny. Um, Langdon didn't back down from anybody, which was the most, which was the main reason why he was able to earn the respect of the teammates and the fans from the very beginning of his NHL career. He fought the toughest of the tough, and as his teammates always knew, he would have their backs. Um, yeah, I mean, I was, I love Darren Langdon. He's one of my, uh, he's up there for one of my favorites. Just a technician. Um, you know, he wasn't going to bury you with the huge power punches, but yeah, he, um, he, he can throw down, man. I'm, I'm down with Darren Langdon. I mean, like, like I said, a true master of the craft. And, uh, again, another guy that Dante and I talk about, so I won't go on and on too much about him here, but, uh, Darren Langdon, actually you, my YouTube channel, fourth line voice on YouTube. Um, there are some great American league fights when he was at Binghamton. Um, really good fight with Dennis Bonvi and Cape Breton. Um, uh, I, I want to say Serge Roberge. That's a good one too. Yeah. Langdon was awesome. I love Darren Langdon. He's great. Langer's bar in Newfoundland and, and deer Lake is a deer Lake, red Lake, red deer. No, it's not red deer, deer Lake. Somewhere in, in Newfoundland, pardon me, but uh, yeah, Darren Langdon. That's cool, man. I'm down with Langer. And now, here's a word from our sponsor. New customers, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. Bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelpline.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of the Boot Hill Casino and Resort. In West Virginia, gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. All games regulated by West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly. In partnership with Hollywood Casino and Charlestown Races. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 plus in most eligible states, but ages vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details for state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. One boost per eligible game. Opt-in required. Max bet $50. 10-plus leg required for 100% boost. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms. And now back to your regularly scheduled program. 
All right. Oh, I, had to, I had to throw the ad in on you. Oh, hey, but seriously, DraftKings. Check it out. TH, THPN with the NFL season around the corner, boys and girls. Get your bets in. Uh, oh, that was number three. So number two, we're scrolling here. Colt Noor. Yeah, yeah. Colt Noor was far and away the enforcer of my childhood. He was a ranger from the years 05 to 09, which is basically the years when my fandom truly blossomed because I was old enough to comprehend the game. Orr was an absolute nail gun, and during his time in New York, he established himself as one of the best fighters in the entire NHL. He was a certified heavyweight, and he was the second most fights all time with a Rangers jersey. Hmm. Really? Oh, that surprises me. Even though he wasn't a Ranger for for a long for a long stint, Orr was truly the last enforcer that I could think of to wear the blue shirt. Sure, the Rangers have had the other tough guys in and out of the organization since Orr, but none of them have been able to consistently tough as he was. He took pride in keeping his teammates safe, and he rarely did anything cheap. Orr was a fantastic New York Ranger and represented the city as best as he could. Um, yeah, I'm I yeah I love Colton Orr. Um, yeah, I mean he he had some big fights with with the with Rangers, of course. You know the you know all the famous. Well, they have the video here of, yeah, the Fedoric knockout, which was brutal, which sucked. I mean, it was a big knockout, you know, okay, but, um, you know, I'm a big Fridge fan too, so I, I didn't like seeing that, um, you know, but yeah, Orchid hit, man. Great fight to look up. I'm sure a lot of the listeners have already seen it, but it's an American Hockey League fight when Colt Norris actually with the Providence Bruins and he fights Josh Gratton. It's on a camcorder. Again, fourth line voice, YouTube. Um, actually, seriously, I always pump my channel up. I mean, whatever. But if you actually want to watch some really early Colt Norris stuff to kind of just get a feel, I know, um, you should, if you haven't had the opportunity, again, go to my YouTube channel. I have a bunch of his Western Hockey League stuff up there when he was with Swift Current and with Regina. And you can definitely, oh, Colt Nor and, uh, well, was, that's when he was with Kamloops. I guess Orr played on three teams in the, in the Western League. When he's on Kamloops, he fights Grant McNeil. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, those two beat the shit out of each other. Ryan Jordy and Colt Nor is a good one too. No, it's Jordy and McNeil. I'm getting, I'm getting all my guys mixed up. But Colt Nor has some beauty tilts on the, uh, on my channel, so definitely check that out. But yeah, I'm down with Colt Nor. Number one, here we go. Jeff Bookaboom. Well, Bookaboom might have the greatest last name in the history of NHL enforcers. Bookaboom is a legend in New York for many reasons, but the main factor in why the fans love him so much is because of his nastiness and toughness that allowed the other superstars to feel comfortable when he was on the ice, especially their goaltender, Mike Richter. Bookaboom was always relied upon to clear the crease for Richter, and he was never afraid to sacrifice his body in order to make the bone-crushing hit that would bring the Madison Square Garden crowd to its feet. He was the third most fights in Ranger history at 56, but he is way more than just a fighter. Bookaboom was a key member of the 94 championship, uh, Cup championship team and was paired with Brian Leach for most of the time as a Ranger. Bookaboom's on-ice presence allowed for Leach to be more creative offensively, which made them quite the dynamic duo on the blue line. Bookaboom will always be a legend in New York for everything that he's done in the eight seasons as a Ranger. I'm sure everyone's order for the top Ranger enforcers is different, and of course, the and the perspectives are all different based on generation. The Rangers have had so many tough guys come through the organization, leaving strong legacies in the city. The enforcer role has changed a lot over the years, and there aren't many left in this era of the NHL. Um, yeah. Uh, now, you know, would I have Bookaboom number one? Uh, of course not. Um, but yeah, big big blue liner, tough guy. Uh, to be completely honest, probably a better fighter than I would give him credit for. Um yeah, I mean, I've gone to, I mean, I've seen his fights, but I mean, you know, it's like I've seen him, but I haven't seen him. Like, I never paid much attention to Bookaboom, to be completely honest. 
Uh, probably more as an oiler, actually. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, had a hell of a career. He had the unfortunate, uh, you know, Matt Johnson punching him in the back of the head. But, well, I think that ended, I think that actually did end his career. Um, and that's a shit way to go out for sure. Um, yeah, but big dude. Yeah, like I said, nasty. Yeah, everything the guy wrote was right. I mean, you know, you know, big physical D-man would get nasty, would fight if needed, would fight anybody and uh, clear the crease. And yeah, you win with dudes like that. Sandpaper, blue liner, man. You don't really have those guys anymore. And uh, But yeah, I'm down with Bukaboom. He was all right. Um, you know, again, would I have him in my top five range? Well, no. Um yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it's it's been an interesting question because I asked Dante, like, the top three Ranger Enforcers. I asked Danny, and, I mean, you guys heard those. That, well, you're, you're about to hear Dante's answers. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to think. Who who would my five be? Um, well, I, I would say one would be Koser. Two would be Fatio. Three would be Langdon. Four, Domi, five, or. Again, that's just right off the top of my head. Um, you know, I didn't put a lot of thought into that. I would have closer one. You wouldn't be able to sway me on that. <clears throat> Langdon having the most fights surprises me. I don't know why I keep saying that surprises me. And or having that many too. Um, you know, I. Well, I gotta say though, I mean, overall that list, I mean, holy shit, I've had worse lists on this show. Lazito, you had me all fired up, and I, after I read the honorable mentions, I'm like, holy shit, who are we going to have here? Pat Flatley might be showing up for a second time on this podcast. Um, but, um, you know, was that completely egregious? Uh, yeah, no. I mean, you know, is Jeff Bukaboom the best enforcer in Ranger history? I, I, Jeff Bukaboom himself wouldn't say that. I don't think anybody would, but... I like the guy said, that's his opinion and that's fine. That's why we have these lists. And, um, you know, Hey, it's yet. Yeah. I mean the hockey news. Well, the fact that it was even in the hockey news, I'm surprised they got it past the editor. Um, so, you know, they had a fight article in the hockey news in 2023. Who would have, who would have believed it? Um, so I mean, anytime, you know, they're going to do lists and do enforcer lists. I mean, Again, we could debate Avery and these guys, but nonetheless, they talked about they talked about fighting in a positive way in the hockey news. So, hey, I can't, I, I won't complain too much. But uh, you know, I mean, I've I've done, I think I've done worse lists on this show. But uh, yeah, that was a little the Avery Bukaboom, um, you know, combo. Uh, yeah, that was that was a little something, but. Uh, there we have it, your, your, your Ranger Heavy podcast for the day. Um, there we go. I guess now we'll, we'll, we'll get on to my, uh, my conversation with Dante. Um, yeah, guys. Uh, well, before I do that, like I said, uh, follow me on social media, on Twitter and on Facebook, Fourth Line Voice. Uh, again, I, well, I mentioned it what, 17 times now. Let's make it 18. A YouTube channel, Fourth Line Voice. Go check out some videos. If you like the video, hit the thumbs up button. YouTube loves that shit. Subscribe to the channel. Hit the thumbs up. It helps me out in the algorithms. Uh, same thing, whatever platform you're listening to it. Uh, my show, Joe's, Alec, whatever show you happen to be listening to. Uh, believe me, Rogan and them are spitting chicklets. Probably don't need your rate and review. But uh, as small content creators, it helps us out. As I always say, you're holding it in your hand. The phone's right in your hand. The star thing is right at the top. 
just rate if you could rate the show that would be great because again it helps in the algorithms and uh if people listen to spit and chiglets maybe underneath it will be hey you might like this show too and that that's what helps uh that's what helps us out so that's all i can uh, that's all i can ask of you guys but uh yeah bef- uh well before i get oh the one last thing um I don't, I believe I talked to it with Taylor. I don't, all, sorry folks, all my episodes run together. I can't remember who I talked to about what. But, uh, the Bob Probert Invitational Tournament will be coming up here, uh, in late August, early September. Uh, just as soon as I get around to doing the, uh, bracket. Um, and I'll probably be doing that on Facebook, the voting, uh, this year. Uh, just cause I think Twitter is, uh, a, a dying medium. So it hasn't been very, um, yeah, it's just just nothing happening on there anymore. So, which is too bad. It was, man, for a few years ago, man, that what a fun place it was to be on there. And I talked to so many great people on there. And if you guys are listening and you're still there and you're like, oh fuck Facebook or whatever, I get it. Um, you know, I'm I'm not leaving Twitter. I mean, I'm still gonna put my shit on there and I'll still throw up some odd pictures and stuff. But yeah, I'm certainly not as engaged on Twitter as I used to be. Um, but yeah, if you definitely want to get a hold of me through Twitter, go ahead. I'll see it during the, I'm always on there at least once a day, but it's like, if you want to get a hold of me, yeah, send me a private message. If you're not on social media, hockey fights at hotmail.com, send me an email. I'd love to hear from you. Tell me the good, bad, the otherwise, uh, if you've got some pictures to share or a story to share, absolutely. I love hearing from the, from fellow fans and, uh, that's what this is what the show's about. It's about you guys, and uh, it's a fight. It's a fight fan show for the fight fans. So, um, yeah. Other than that, uh, let's get into it. This is my conversation with Dante, and uh, with ten rapid fire questions. Although him and Taylor, I, I think we're starting. To, I should take the rapid out of that and just say ten questions because we're not very rapid. But that's fine. I love it when these guys, when we, we talk, I mean, what else are you doing? You're tuning into a podcast for content, right? You want to hear fight fans talk? Well, that's what you're going to get. Fight fans talk. And once again, I want to thank Dante for coming on. Good guy. Great guest. Uh, thank you to Taylor again for coming on the last week. Great ratings, actually. Show did really well in the charts. So I want to, I want to thank him for that. And, uh, yeah, let's get into it. Here's my conversation with Dante. 10 rapid fire questions. You guys have a good rest of your week. We'll talk to you cats on Sunday. Thanks, everybody. All right, here on the fourth line, voice hip. Returning guest, Dante. Dante, what's happening today? How are you? Hey, how are you, Darren? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me back. Oh, absolutely. Thanks for coming back. Well, you've uh, you've agreed to participate in the 10 rapid-fire questions. And... Uh, I know you thought you had it all figured out, and I told you right before we got going here that I've I've changed the questions up on you here. So are... you did, yeah. I I was uh, I was all excited to do it, and then I heard your last two guests and uh, Danny and and Taylor, and they and they almost made me back out because they did such a good job. So I was like, uh oh, I don't want to do that. But then you know I, I made sure I kind of really gave all these questions a lot of thought, and I I thought I had some. Some at least um, not stupid sounding answers. Let's put it that way. And um, yeah, and then you said no. We're going to do some different questions. So, all right. So this could be the worst episode ever. We'll see what happens. No, no. It'll it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Don't worry. Like, don't like Danny. I'll I'll we'll get your Ranger talk in. We'll uh we'll we'll you know you you friggin New York guys. But all right, we'll figure it out here. But. Uh, <laughs> 
Well, number yeah, I'm one, a strange New York guy. Yeah, because I'm, I'm located in Philly, near Philly. So yeah, I'm surrounded by that, and that's that. Most of the games that I watched growing up were all Flyers games. So. Yeah, um, yeah. So like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Before we get going, how did this work? Before we get into, it, I know we had John. We talked about it before, but for the new folks out there, yeah, um, yeah, you're in Philly basically, and you're a Ranger guy. How did this happen? Well, so, well, cause my dad was born, uh, and raised in the Bronx. And so when, uh, when I was born, I was born up in the North Jersey area, pre, pre devils. So, you know, it was, everybody was either Rangers or Islanders fans. And so we, I, we were Rangers fans. And then we moved down to South Jersey about 15 minutes from Philadelphia. And it's like, you know, it was the early eighties. So it was still kind of like, you know, a little bit of the, the Bobby Clark, uh, you know, leftover Broad Street Bully era type stuff. So it was it was pretty fanatical uh, walking in. I didn't really even follow hockey that much. We were more baseball kids, but uh, you know, our neighborhood was loaded up with kids, and everybody liked everybody liked the Flyers. So that's how it happened. And they were on a lot, so that was going to be a, a station down here. Prism was like yep. a cable station and they had all the Flyers games so we were able to see I was able to see a lot of Rangers games because of that you would have seen a lot of fights back then too uh, yep yep yeah <laughs> sure did yeah well all right well here we go we'll we'll get into the first question the first see this first question is a new one here we go yeah well this is kind of what we were just kind of hinting at but um what kind of what what sparked your passion for hockey fights? Was it a player or was it a certain fight? What was it? Oh yeah, that's a that's a fun question. Um, I don't have to say skip for that one. Um, well, actually, so we you know where I where I live there there wasn't um, like ice hockey. Kids didn't play ice hockey, right? We played we played baseball, we played football, we played soccer. There was like maybe one kid who. Uh, who you knew in school who played ice hockey. So it was kind of rare, but we were um, obsessed with street hockey. That that's what we played all the time. We had the, you know, the orange bladed Bobby Clark power play stick and all that. And, and that um, because we watched so much flyers uh, growing up back then, we played for hours in the street and then we ended every, every session with just a line brawl. Like we would just, you know, oh, going yeah. like fifty percent, seventy five percent. If you got really mad at someone, yep. but that was just how we played. You know, it, was, it always ended in a fight, um, and so we loved that. And then um, as I got into high school, I kind of moved away from hockey completely until um, <laughs> Sega Genesis came out with their with the NHL, you know, ninety three, ninety four games. Yeah, and you know, I immediately took the Rangers. And that team had Kosher, who they had ranked at 85 fighting skill, and Domi, who was 100. Uh, and they also had, like, Buka Boom, and I think maybe even Jay Wells might have been on that squad. So, like, you know, there was a, there were some good guys that you could use. And we all, you know, our rule in our house was you couldn't you – know, you, everybody had to pick their own team. So I was the Rangers. My brother was – one brother was the Blackhawks. Another brother was – Detroit and and then we had a guy who uh was this like fight fight encyclopedia like he knew everybody and he knew every fight and this is pre-internet so like I don't even know how he knew the stuff he knew but 
he would, he would always go with the Buffalo Sabres because they had, you know, Ray and May and so and uh, and Donnelly. So he had, you know, that squad going all the time. So, so that's, you know, we didn't really care who won the game. It was like who won the fight. And that's yep. what started it. That and um, we had a uh, we have a convenience store down here called Wawa, yep, which is you know like a Seven Eleven type place. And we went out one time just getting drinks, and uh, I grabbed the pack of hockey cards. Like I, I love it, by the way, when you do the uh, the score ninety hockey card opening. Oh yeah, Chase Lindros. Yeah. I'm, on, I'm, I'm on the edge of my seat when you're doing those. <laughs> but um, yeah, I I just randomly grabbed the pack at the counter. And, um, I was, I was, you know, trying to get a Domi. That's what I really wanted was a Ty Domi. And, uh, and I got first card right off, right off the bat was a LA Kings, Marty McSorley. And so I was like, all right, you know? And so, uh, that really sparked it that, that whole time. And then I got into the fight tape thing. I was never on the boards. I was never on the fried chicken sites or anything like that. I would just, you know, I bought all the tapes, the, uh, tough guys, brand that that guy who made the tough guys tape yep yep um yeah i had a whole bunch of those and i would you know force everybody to watch those with me and uh yeah and that was really it there we go i love it tremendous well you're off to a good start there you go so you're not gonna go hitless here dante yeah you might sink on a few of these but the first out of the gate you you know you hit lead off you hit the lead off lead off single you're you're good yeah, it was a question about me. So if I got that one wrong, that'd be real bad. Well, that's true. Um, for, the, <laughs> for the second one here, um, well, I've asked this before, but uh, what fighter have you done a 180 on? Two of them. Two, two I've done 180 on. Um, one was Matthew Barnaby. I, I couldn't stand him um, early on, like just, you know, his, his Buffalo Sabres days with that, that mouthpiece that he, remember he had that, like the mouthpiece that had the, the Sabres logo on it. And he was always doing that. Um, but then as I, you know, I, you know, the more I watched him fight, cause I was like, who, who is this guy? Like, you know, like get out of here, you know? But then the more I watched him fight and I just watched how fearless he was. And then I started to look at him, um, more as like, you know, this game would have sucked if, if it wasn't for Barnaby's antics tonight, like, you know, so I started to really like just appreciate what he was doing and, and how he was always there for his teammates. And, um, just, he was, you know, he was just, he was crazy in, in the best way. So that's one guy I've done a 180 on. And the other one, uh, I got to credit Joe Lazito for doing a 180 on, and that was Mick Bukoda. Yeah. I'm still not a huge fan of his fights. But when I listened to his, like, what was that, like that three-part oh, yeah. epic? That's probably saga. the best. I always say that's that's probably, if not, the best hockey fight, like, enforcer interview ever. That was awesome. I, I agree. I agree. I totally agree. It, it is so good. And yeah. Mick is so lovable in that, in that, um, in that interview. And the stories he tells, that you know, the thing with Dwight, Schofield pulling in and in the, the yeah. Monte Carlo and going sideways in the parking lot. And he's like, that's who I'm supposed to fight. Like, I mean, I just, I just ended up like really, really liking that guy. You know, his fights just drove me nuts. I think you and I talked about this before, like the body slam thing. Yeah. Just, 
Like, I just thought it was, like, so pointless and it would, like, you know, ruin it. Because the dude fought a ton, you know? So it was, like, awesome, you know? We're going to get a fight. And then you're like, ah, but, you know, even if he's winning, he's still going to go for that body slam for some reason. And a lot of times it wouldn't work. So it just, I don't know. I, I, I couldn't stand it. But, um, yeah, I, I done a complete 180 on him just as a human because of that interview. Yeah. Well, I get. I'm going to kind of keep this. This will be like, that was uh, question two. That would be like 2A. This is going to be like 2B. But <laughs> we'll go the other way. 180 that you liked and now you don't like. We're gonna, I'm going to oh. I reverse hmm. you. I reverse Uno'd you here. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's a tough one. Um, I, uh, I still that, love. That's a tough question to answer because it's like, it, it's hard to like be a fan of someone and then not be. Unless they like did something like rehensible off the ice, or you know what I mean, like yeah. Oh, sorry, yeah. I cut you off. And I, I, that's okay. No, that's okay. I don't. I don't. This is gonna. I don't know if this really answers the question well, but so I guess the best way I could, the best answer I could give for that would be Ty Domi, because he was the guy who you know really really got me into the whole fight game, and you know when he was a ranger. Um, you know, I was like, yes, we have this guy. And, and then, you know, I, some of his fights were just like, uh, all right, you know? So I, I guess maybe him, um, you know, like I, you know, you've said this a hundred times already in the past, like he, he didn't even win the fight and he's doing speed bag type stuff or he's, you know, whatever he's getting his head smashed in and he's like doing that smiling thing. It's just kind of like, oh. All right, you know, so I guess, I guess maybe him, like, I still love him, you know, but, like, maybe that. Like, I guess he was, he would have been, like, my top number one guy, and now, you know, the more I the more I got into it and watched other fighters and started to appreciate what they were actually doing, he kind of dropped down a little bit. But, but not, like, t- to the point where I dislike him at all. Okay. That good? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a hard, it's a, after I said, because that was one of the kind of the questions that was kind of like, oh, you could ask that, like you do the 180, but go the other way. It's like, oh yeah, I've never done that. Yeah. And I'm kind of thinking though, that's kind of tough though, because that's almost like, then it became a person, or I, you meet them and they were assholes. So it's like, oh, I don't like that guy anymore. You know, it's, I mean, mm-hmm. that's like the only way mm-hmm. I could think of, right? Like, I don't know, whatever. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Or they did something that was like egregious or something. But... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, question three, best tag team. Uh, I mean, it's, it's gotta be, uh, Probert and Kosher. It's the, it's the lame answer, but that's, they are the best. Yes, they are. I would say so. Um, yeah. Now, now yeah. that I think, about I mean, there's it. a lot of other fun ones. Yeah. Like there's some other fun ones like, you know, twist and chase and, uh, yeah. you know, Ray and may, and you know, there's a lot of like really fun ones, but if you're going to say best, that's, that's the best. Yeah. And now here's a word from our sponsor. Even if you're not going on vacation, summer's all about the vacation state of mind. Whether I want to listen to Metallica or Kiss on repeat or just need to retreat inside my own head for a bit. I love creating my own summer soundtrack by popping in the 
Raycon wireless earbuds. So much going on all summer. Sometimes you need some upbeat music to pump you up before you see people or to stay calm or some guided meditation. Um, yeah, I mean, if you're at the gym working out or, uh, you know, when I'm at work, you know, you're in and out of the truck, so you like miss the tunes or your, your favorite part of the song's coming up, so you want to stay in the truck. Um, yeah, just put the headphones on and, uh, the earbuds and away you go and like they, they sit in your ear perfect and, uh, yeah, you don't miss a, a single, uh, Guitar riff from the old hair metal days. Uh, I'm dating myself here with some skid with a skid row reference. How's that one for you? Um, so let me tell you now, Raycon's the best way to listen. Use earbud tap functions to toggle between three customized sound profiles, noise isolation, awareness mode. Uh, Raycon has 32 hour battery life, including eight hours of playtime, so you can listen to what you want when you want for a really long time. Um, they come with custom gel tips for the most comfort earbud in ear fit. Um, and they start at half the price of other premium audio brands, but they sound just as good. Uh, and Raycons come with a 30-day happiness guarantee, so you really can't lose. So create your own soundtrack with Raycon right now. Fourth-line voice listeners, you can get 15% off the Raycon order at buyraycon.com slash THPN. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to save 15% on Raycons. Again, one last time, buyraycon.com slash THPN. And now back to your regularly scheduled program. Number four. Yeah, this is kind of interesting. Uh, we're not going to go heavyweight, but who's your favorite kind of like, if you look at a team, and I guess in air quotes, they were the number two. Who's your favorite number two? Oh, okay. Um, well, if you're going to, it depends what you're going to say with Buffalo, right? So if you're going to say Ray is one, then and May is two, would you say that? Then I would definitely say Brad May. Yeah, I would say that. No, would you, would I would say, say May. Yeah, I would like, say May is a number two. At the, and I mean, right? if he had been on another team, maybe he would have been a one. But on that mm-hmm. team, I would say. Although some would argue that May was better than Ray. I don't know. Would you say May was better than Ray? I saw that actually come up today. I don't know if I could I, say that. I don't know. I don't know if I could say say it or not. I don't know, but I think that's why that's my quickest answer, yeah. right? Because I because I thought it's that close anyway. Yeah, like I was because right? like the yeah because it was on the message board that I saw it. Well, because Rob Ray is very polarizing on those message boards for sure. But I kind of and then some guy was making obviously he wasn't a Ray fan, which is fine. I get it, but it's like oh well, May was tougher anyway, is what he put. I mm-hmm. kind of got to thinking. I'm like, yeah, well. I'm like, yeah, but May didn't fight the guys Ray did, though. Like, Ray was yeah. the one fighting Dave Brown and shit. It wasn't Brad May, you know. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know. Now, could May have done it? Yeah, he could have, but he didn't. So, it's like. But he didn't, yeah. Yeah, so I guess I would I would view Brad May as a number two. So, yeah. yeah I'd go yeah. with you on that. Yeah. All right. I'm trying to think who number twos. That's an interesting one. Because at that point, I always kind of look at number twos, and it's like, well, now we're kind of getting into like kind of like a power forward kind of thing. Like, do you say talk? Yeah, you like, are. do you say Rick yeah. Tockett? That's why I avoided that answer too. Yeah, because is he a two? I mean, well, I mean, on that team, there was probably like ten twos, right? Well, yeah. But like, yeah, I mean, is he a two? Um, you know, the 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 uh, stretch in the early two thousands with the Rangers, where they had kind of like that. <clears throat> that black and blue shirts team under Tortorella. Um, they had a lot of guys doing it by committee, but like a guy like Brandon Prust, I always really like Brandon Prust. Yeah. Um, he, he would, he would not be probably anybody's 
won, um, but he he had some entertaining fights. He was good. Yep. All right. Well, question five. Wow, we'll get into it right now. Top three Ranger enforcers of all time. Domi, um, Kosher for the legend. I mean, he didn't have a ton of fights on the Rangers, really. Um, what's it like? It's like less than forty, I think. Uh, and then, and then it's Darren. I mean, uh, yeah, then it's Darren Lang. Darren Lang. Then he had like seventy-five fights as a Ranger. Um, I don't. I got what was Danny's argument about him not being like, uh, maybe not being an intimidating type, like Dave Brown type enforcer. Yeah. But it's really it's really tough to find a, you know, video of him taking a beating anywhere, um, and you know he he just you got to beat the guy like that's you know he doesn't lose fights so. And he, and he fought like 75, 76 fights for the Rangers. It's like the number one most amount of fights for the Rangers. So, yeah, I definitely go Darren Langdon, and I I love Darren Langdon fights. I thought I you know I love the I love the technical uh, aspect of his game and how he was that second half type fighter, and you just you know you couldn't they, they couldn't they couldn't beat him. No, I, I agree with you. Yeah, no, Langdon was always fun to watch for me. Yeah, I mean, some people, you know, and I, hey, I get it. I always just kind of marvel. Yeah, like you said, I just marveled at the technique, right? And he's an undersized guy. Yeah. Well, our average size guy, he wasn't small, but he wasn't big. But it was like, you know, yeah, he was just, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm down with Langdon. Well, it's interesting because I don't think either of you, maybe it's your age, I don't know. You're, you're not you're not throwing out Fatio. That surprises me. I know, but I, I mean, he's going to be, I a hundred percent agree with, you know, whatever, what you've been saying on here for the longest time, like try to find fights. You know, what, how am I going to act like I know Nick Fatio? Like, That's you true. know, yeah. like I don't, I've, I've only seen what's out there on the internet. Yeah. Um, it's cool. You know, it's like, you know, a lot of it's, you know, I do like the boxing aspect of his style or whatever, but like a lot of it just doesn't get going. Um, and I don't, I, I don't know. I can't, I, I haven't seen it, you know, so I can't really say. Yeah. I know everybody wants to, and, you know, a lot of people will put them there, but I can't because, I mean, that would be silly for me to say that. Yeah, no, yeah, that, yeah, exactly. That's kind of what, I, yeah, it's, um, well, that's the other thing, and I, and I, and I get it, because it used to be the argument back in the old fried chicken message board days, and I mean, you had some of the old, like, the, well, I was young back then, but now these old timers back then were, um, like, they were Fatio guys, right? And it was mm-hmm. like, and then, like, yeah, not being there and not taking that in, I guess it was probably one of those things you had to live it, right? You had to be there in the moment. Yeah. And, or see what he does. Oh, well, everyone, like, you get the guy, oh, they were scared of him. Uh, you know, were they? Right. Like, no. I mean, I'm sure, like, first line guys were, like, sure. But was, like, Stan Jonathan yeah. and O'Reilly and them, were they scared of Fatio? Like, probably not, you know. I mean, no. I'm not taking away anything from Fatio. I'm just saying, like, the whole argument that so and so was scared of so and so, that's why they didn't fight. It's like, come on. But yet they fought everyone else, but somehow they're scared of this guy, right? Like, I, you know, I don't really see it, you know, like for any argument, I'm just yeah. a T.O., but for anything, right. It's like, Oh, well, why didn't, 
Why didn't Domi? That was the other one the other day on the message board. Well, why didn't Domi and Twist ever fight? Oh, well, it's because Domi was scared of him. Well, why would Ty Domi be scared of Tony Twist? Like, come on. Exactly. You know, exactly. like, like, yeah. like, stop, stop. Like, it's just, no. You know, it's just, you know, there are, there is a game of hockey that has to be played, and clearly the fight just didn't need to happen, so it wasn't going to happen. They're not too concerned uh-huh. about what nerds on a fight board 30 years later are going to say about their <laughs> legacies, right? You know, like, yeah. you know, like, yeah. so... But yeah, so no, I hear yeah. you with the Fatio thing. That's why I always say, like, I, I never want to take anything, because uh, I've been kind of told a couple times that, oh, you shit on Fatio all the time. Well, I, right. no, I said, if I do, it's not on purpose. And it's like, I have yeah. nothing but respect for him and everything else. I just, I'm, I'm ignorant to him. Other than what I've seen on, exactly. the, what I've seen on YouTube. And, it, you know, okay. I mean, I get, you right. know, he's yeah. fine, but I'm like, He's not the Godzilla you've made him out to be, in my mind. But again, I wasn't at no. Madison Square Garden to see this, so it's like I don't know. And then mm-hmm. I mean, then you get into his WHA stuff, and then with you know what you know, and that's a whole other story that like, well, no one's seen that shit. So, but you hear the stories, right? So it's like you know, I don't know. It, uh, yeah. But no, I understand what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. Yeah, so. it's like the I'd be giving that answer because I'm supposed to give it rather yeah. than I actually believe it or think it. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I, and that you, if somebody you know wanted to tell me that I'm 100 percent wrong and he definitely is, all right, you know, okay, I'm not going to fight you over it. But I just for me, I don't. How would I know that? You know? Yeah. Well, I was like, I can't. I, I think I did a St. Louis Blues list on the show one time, and then somebody's like, "Oh, you didn't put gas off in." I'm like, well, the yeah. guy, the guy right. I was like three when he died. Like, I mean, and there's what, all of four fights on YouTube of him? Like, I said, how can I rank? Well, you tell me he was really tough. Okay. That, you know, and I, yeah. I've heard the leg, I've read, I've heard the, the, the mm-hmm. legend and everything else, but until I see it with my own eyes, I can't really, that's like everybody, oh, you know, you got to put, like when you talk about Eddie Shore or something like that. Well, okay. Right. Well, none of us saw Yeah, I'm not going to tell you you're wrong. But yeah. <clears throat> yeah. But, like, none of us saw him fight. Or, like, John Ferguson, the original Enforcer. Okay. Other than, I think there's, like, literally two fights on on video of him. So, it's like, I can't tell you how dominant he was. Or it's like the Gordy Howe thing, right? Like, I don't know. Like, there's no yeah. video of it. So, and none of us were around to see it. So, I don't know. What are we going by? Because my, my, my grandfather told me that. Well... You right. Know, he told me he walked up, uh, walked uphill both ways to go to school too. So, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. what are we doing here? So, but anyway, yeah. we're yapping here. But so that was your top three Rangers. Well, like I said, that was five A. I'm going to do five B. Who was the worst Ranger enforcer? Uh, well, for me, I I don't I wouldn't say he was the worst uh, fighter, but a guy that I just I just had such high hopes for. Um, and kind of came in with a lot of, a lot of hype, but I, I even remember, uh, like being really excited because it was before the, um, before you could get like the center ice NHL package, you kind of just had to get whatever they were, whatever they're putting on TV. And I guess it was like a Saturday, there was like a Rangers game on and they showed this guy and he had his last name, like tattooed across his back, like. Like it was his nameplate, and he just looked like an absolute monster. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Oh yeah. And and I was like, all right, this this is this is it. We got now. We got that guy. We we got that guy. And um, 
it's Dale Parenton. And I just like the, the stuff with the, the Eric Cairn stuff. Um, you know, he, he would turtle a lot, like, like, uh, like an, almost an embarrassing kind of way. Um, the Colton, I, I get the Colton or I gouge thing. Like, I just, I don't know. I, I, I wanted him to be, um, you know, this monster that destroyed guys or whatever. And I felt like sometimes he could, but just in some of the stuff he would do, you know, even the announcers at one point would do it one time during a Rangers game. They're like, you keep doing that. You're not going to be in this league for long, you know? And it wasn't, it wasn't like cool stuff. Like when Dave Brown got pissed and put a beating on you and kept going when you were down, it was like a guy was just clearly down and, or maybe not even really in the fight ever. He's just still hitting guys. And it's just like, I don't know. I just, I just didn't, wasn't a fan of Dale Purinton. And I, and I, and I wanted to, I think that was the other problem is that I really, really wanted to being a fight fan. I, I really was like really excited about this guy. And then it was just like, ah, you know, what is this? And I like Eric Cairns. So for him to like jump him like that and do that, like, and then hide behind the ref when Cairns gets up and goes after him. It's like, what is this? So, yeah, that's that's my... It, my it was almost like Purington had this thing where it was like he could do it. But it was just be like, yeah, but I just want to be a dick. You know? Yeah. And it's yeah, like, you don't need exactly. to be, man. You can take this guy. I've seen Purington fight yeah. in junior. I was a fan of him in junior. For those folks out there, YouTube, Fourth Line Voice on YouTube, type in Dale Purrington. Check out his WHL fights I have on my channel. Check out his fight with uh, yeah, with Brad Symes and shit. Like that that Purrington going toe-to-toe like that. And it's like, yeah, so I saw that Purrington, so I know he's capable of it. Then you'd see his AHL stuff in Hartford when he, you know, and then all of a sudden he goes to the NHL and it's like, yeah, he does some of that shit. And it's like, are you trying to draw calls? Like you're trying to get the right, power yeah, play right. for you guys, so it's like, hey, coach, look at me, I got the power play for us. Like, like I, I, I get it on one hand, but on the other hand, it's like, ah, you're supposed to be the tough guy, though. Like, and he is, he was a tough yeah. guy. He, it's not like you, and that was for the thing. Sure. And it's like, it wasn't like he was a pussy. Like, Purinton is no. tough as shit, but it was just like, mm-hmm. yeah, he just did this stuff that it's like you don't, you just didn't need to do. Sometimes mm-hmm. like, I don't know. No, I was I like Purinton. I mean, I always said the other thing. I said I I think he probably came along a decade too late. Like he would have been perfect in like the late seventies, early eighties. Oh yeah. Like because all yeah, that shit yeah. that he was doing is like what everyone else was doing. Like yeah. Like except maybe for the turtling stuff. Like, yeah, well, yeah, just, not that. You know, but you would, but that was the thing. You wouldn't have had to do that back then. Like it no. was it was no. almost like he th- he figured he had to do that to stay. Right. Yeah. And he didn't. He just had to. We just had to like win or be in him. Yeah, you know. And and he instead he did this other stuff. And I was like, eh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, no, I get it. I get it. I like Purrington, but it was like, yeah, sometimes he did shit where it was just like, uh, why are you doing that? Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't like it wasn't like enough to be like, oh my god, this guy's terrifying. Like now we're not going to play right. You know what I mean? It was just kind of like, what is this shit? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, you know who I thought you were going to say for the worst? I thought you were going to say McSorley. Well, that's not fair. <laughs> He's actually, like, if he if you're going to ask, if you're going to get around a favorite, uh, you know, I have, you know, like, top five or whatever, but he, if I have to pick my favorite, it's McSorley. 
but I, I don't count his Ranger years. You know what I mean? Like that's that's not really fair to him. <laughs> but I, you know, I love him. I well, I love Marty too. He's one of my favorites. But it's like that was a disappointment yeah, yeah. in New York, man. Like I, it, it was, was weird when. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say Marty was made for the West Coast. He wasn't an East Coast guy because yeah. he sucked in Pittsburgh too. Like yeah. You know, except for the Probert fight. Except for the Probert fight, but it always just looked weird. Like it would never work for him. Like it was just like. Mm-hmm. But he got to LA. It looked like he fit in. Like in Edmonton. Like in that Smythe oh, yeah. division, right? He was good in Edmonton. He was good yeah. in LA. San Jose. Even at the older party, he was awesome in San Jose. He had some great fights. Uh-huh. But yeah, but as soon as he went to like New York and back to Pittsburgh, like the second time in Pittsburgh, it was like eh, this just looks awkward. I don't know. It, did, it, it was awkward. I actually have a really cool uh, a signed card of him in a Rangers uniform, which is which is pretty, which, you know, one of my favorite cards. But, yeah, it, I know what you're saying. But he did have that good showing on Lindros, but whatever. I don't know. Yeah, it's just the Ranger uniform. He's 55. It's just number 50. It just looks yeah. weird. It's like, come on, this doesn't work. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I would, yeah, I, I couldn't. I couldn't say it was the worst. I couldn't do it. Yeah. He, was, he was just too. He was just too uh, too entertaining all those years. Oh, I love Marty. I love him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now I lost my place. Where were we? That was five. Okay, six. Uh, okay, read my writing now. Oh, uh, most shocking fight result. Oh, most shocking fight result. And I mean, like I say, it's not like you have to stick to New York. You can go elsewhere, you know, like wherever, whatever you're thinking. Yeah, I mean, I guess maybe the uh, the first Crowder Probert maybe was, yeah. was kind of shocking. Uh, you know, I guess I guess maybe that. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and then, and that's another you know maybe most overrated type, but not by you know by his certain his certain fan base, but yeah, I guess, I, I guess I would probably say that crowd over pro. Yeah. Cause it's like the unknown, right. And, and Probert was yeah. like the kingpin. So it was like, Oh yeah, I can see that. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Well, number seven, uh, dream matchup, a fight that you always wanted to see that a fight that you would love to see. And that never happened or it could be from different eras, uh-huh. whatever. Okay. All right. So, well, I I have a question here because this you're gonna have I'm gonna have to you know go into your archives here. So, my first one I would like to see as a dream rematch, if that's allowed. Um, I I was only able to find one time that they fought, and that would be Kosher and Tony Twist, right? And it was like a very young Tony Twist. It's not a really great fight, mm-hmm. but if you could do like. Prime versus Prime, when Tony Twist was just like the scariest man on the planet, and Kosher was just you know the two hardest punchers ever, right? Um, just to see that, just to see both of them like their best punches, the you know somehow if it was possible to come in completely injury free and just let them you know have that rematch. Was there more than one? I, I, I could only so. find the one. It's like eighty nine. Yeah, yeah, I think it's just that one, right? Well, yeah. and, the, and the thing so, with them is they're friends, right? Like, and they're like because they played both played in Saskatoon. 
Junior here huh. worked out together and all that stuff. Like, I know they're friends. So it was like, I think that fight was, uh, I think it was Coaster more helping Twist try to get a name for himself, mm-hmm. you know, a little bit. But, because that, that fight really wasn't too much, that's for sure. No, no, no. So, yeah, if, if somehow you could, you know, throw a raw steak between the two of them yep. and let them go, then I, that would that would definitely be awesome. Yeah. Um, and then the other one, just because everybody loves to say this, like, we, like obviously, everybody thinks their generation's music was the best and their movies were the best, and it's no different with fight fans, right? So, like, you and I are 80s and, you know, 90s wheelhouse guys, and so our fighters are the best, but we still let other people, you know, have a chance in these discussions. So give me Ryan Reeves versus Bob Probert, and let's just see. Right, if, it, if that was possible, because oh well, he could, you know, yeah, he's great now. But they don't even say he's great now, right? Um, but even so, like oh, he would be destroyed back then. He wouldn't stand a chance back then. Well, I would love to see, because I think he would stand a chance. Like, like you always say, do I think he'd be the champ? No. Do I think he'd be top five? No. Do I think he'd be fine? Yeah, absolutely. He could be someone's number one. He could easily be plenty of teams number two back then. Oh yeah. So, oh, exactly. Yeah. Like, like that's these old timer. Hey, and I'm an old timer too. And but it's like I'd like to think I at least have some. You know, I mean, some of these guys call me bitter and out of touch. Holy shit! But it's like, yeah, this idea that they have like everybody in the '80s was some big ass kicker, and it's like, nah, there was a lot of ham and acres back then. Nothing. I'm not knocking the guys, but it's just like you're giving the '80s guys way too much credit for being. Now, granted, they fought. They came up in a tougher time and fought more, and all. I get it, but it's like, yeah, there there were some guys that weren't weren't that good, like you know, and they played for a while in the league. So this idea that all of a sudden, and they didn't get killed, like they played four or five, mm-hmm. six hundred career games, and they hung around and fought twenty times a year, and they didn't get murdered. I mean, so but you're telling me Reeves would, yeah. Guys, yeah, you know, yeah, six two and like you know five percent body fat and like you know guys a machine, and you're gonna and you're telling me yeah. he's he's gonna get destroyed by, you know what I mean? Like like I don't know for a ranger like yeah like Jeff Bukaboom's gonna beat the fuck out of Reeves like right no, <laughs> yeah, no. like but Bukaboom managed to last all those years it, you know it's not like he was some great fighter but he'd fight. And he'd hang in there, and he yep. was okay. But it's like, is he that much? Yeah. He's just head and tails above Ryan Reeves? Like, well, no. But it's just like, I don't know. But these guys like to seem to think so. And I don't understand it. I know. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. So but like you said, at the same like time, it. though, maybe you put him back there. Maybe he does get the shit kicked out of him. I don't know. I mean, no one knows. Yeah, I, you know, but I, right. I don't think so. But, I mean... You want to think, you know, all right. I mean, it's one of those things there's no really right. There is no right or wrong answer because no one knows, right? But look at that. Probert versus, oh, you sneaky bastard. Yeah, that's uh, that'll <laughs> that'll cause some shit. But, yeah, but you're right. Yeah. I, I'm in full agreement with you. Yep. Let's see it. Yep. If, you know, if I, could, if I could do it, if I could make the dream match, so let's see it, and then we'll know. Exactly. Right? We'll see where everyone then stands we'll after. All right. Question eight. Well, you know this one. I, I've asked this one a couple times. It's kind of my newer one. I, I like this one though. If we're gonna we're gonna open up an enforcer hall of fame, who are the first three inductees? Well, okay. Can you give me the list that's already been in there? Because I don't want to say like 
Probert again because he's obviously well, in there. It, but it, who, it was like Probert. Oh, now you got me. Who'd Taylor say? Probert, Dave Brown, and uh, who'd he say? Ben Wilson. Someone said Ben Wilson. Yeah, Danny said Ben. I think, and then somebody say Ferguson. I can't remember. Yeah, 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 yes. So that, you was, Fer- uh, that was Taylor. Yeah, right? so you, yeah. So you had Ferguson, Dave Brown, Probert. Uh, oh, I can't. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Who, all right. Well, it's good enough. Good enough. So without all of them, yes, right. But then I, I'm going to add. Marty McSorley, um, you know, for all those years being Gretzky's bodyguard and, you know, going wherever he went, you know, and just, just being awesome, awesome fighter to watch. Um, Ty Domi, that record will never be broken, obviously, <laughs> not yeah. even close. Um, you know, so when you've got the most NHL fighting majors and you're talking about NHL fighters, he's got to be in there, right? And then this one, uh, I'm going to put him in the – because you said the builder category last time. Oh yeah, I'm going to put him as yeah. It, it, yeah, yeah. So this is this is a player slash builder uh, nominee, and that's Rob Ray because they had to make a new rule to accommodate you know his his jersey antics. So uh, I'm throwing Rob Ray in there. If you have to change the way the game is played, the fight game that is is played because of a certain guy, well then he belongs in the Hall of Fame for that game. So. I go with Rob Ray. Oh, heck it. look at you're just gaslighting shit today. I can tell you. You're... <laughs> All right. I'm not saying he belongs in there for the best fighter, but just because he had an impact on the role. Well, I might have to include this in the Facebook uh, in the reel preview reel. That'll get people to tune in. What? What did he just yeah, say? Don't... Yeah, Ray <laughs> Hall of Fame. Son of a bitch. I gotta listen to this idiot. Yeah. Well, that'll get that'll get them listening. There we go. That's, mm-hmm. That'll, that'll be the sound bite I use. Hall of Fame, Rob yeah. Ray. Oh yeah, shit. And I'm like, you can talk to him. It's his yeah, his email is Dante. No, yeah. There we go. I'm trying. To, I'm distancing myself. I don't want to get any on me here. So <laughs> I, I stand by it. I stand by it. It's I said player slash builder category. Yeah, that's you true. Know, he, he changed. He changed. He changed what you were allowed to do. Yeah. So yeah. There you, well, hey, there and you he go. Also, and he also changed the jersey collecting hobby because if you don't have the the fight strap on the back, of the, you, you try to buy a jersey, you know it's not authentic. So he's there a builder. You. Well done. I like it. Yeah. Uh, well, here's a just this is a simple one here and uh, living or dead. If you could go for a beer with any enforcer, who would it be? Uh, I would definitely go with Marty McSorley. Sorry, sorry to keep giving that same answer, but uh, I just, I just think his uh, his LA days stories and post game partying stuff and all that. Like, I, de- I would definitely want to hear his stories. Yep, I agree. Uh, well, here we are, the final question, number ten. I don't know. I always, I always like kind of throwing this out, and you know, you, I know you're around the, the fight groups now, and you read stuff, and you see what people are writing, and you collected the tapes and everything else, and people do all their lists and everything. And I know you're involved in that. You read it, you know what's going on. But uh, just looking back, if if, if somebody said, who's underrated, what enforcer's underrated, doesn't get a lot of love on the boards, and you're like, yeah, you know what? Why is this guy sort of kind of lost to the sands of time? 
Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot. There's so many good guys, right? That, that are you know, they just don't get talked about almost ever. Like I saw someone put Jay Wells in there the other day. Um, I loved Randy McKay. Randy McKay would have probably been a good answer for number two, best number two. You know, yeah. best number two. I really liked um, Asham Goddard. Those guys are great. No one really says too much about them, but I think a guy who. Um, if you if you watch his fights, you see the, his opponent, and it, it's all the top guys. It's lots of fights with Stu Grimson. It's fights with Probert, multiple fights with Probert, McSorley, um, Domi, like these, and it, and he brings it out of them. Like he they 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 know they have to bring their their best to fight this guy, and nobody really talks about him much. And that's the chainsaw Shane Churla. I, I think he is. Uh, He's an underrated fighter on the boards. Great answer. I didn't even think that's a good one. Yeah, I love me some Shane Churla. Well, to go back to that first yeah. question that sparked your fight, I've always Churla and uh, McGuire, Kevin McGuire, Shane Churla, where Churla's with Hartford. That that fight is the fight that got me into like hockey fight collecting. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, I love Churla. He's awesome. Churla McGuire, Churla Darren Kimball, the, the yep. Shane Churla Darren Kimball fight. I think it's a playoff fight. Yep. Um, yep. Yeah, it's like one, like a fight. Yeah, that that fight. It just it's just that rock'em sock'em fighting, and uh, you know he went through that era where he wore that like that the tape over his nose. It just kind of looked like he was a, always coming in busted up, and he's just tough as nails, man. So that's that's a guy I think is underrated. Great answer. Well, there we go, man. There's the ten ten questions. I, you gave some good answers. See, I, I mean, I hit you with a couple new ones, but you were right on it. So, yeah, it was a tremendous job. Thanks, buddy. It was fun. Fun yeah. as always. There you go. Well, I was. Uh, I, I'm glad you could come on and do this. I know you're uh, you're, you're pressed for time, so I'm not going to keep you for too long. But uh, well, we, I mean, we've done 40 minutes. That's pretty good. Plus, with all the yapping before, which was uh, always fun. But uh, once again, Matt, I want to thank you for coming on the show and taking part. And uh, it was fun. Yeah, I loved it. Um, I just I just want a couple things from, um, you know, just the last few shows. Um, I always I always I always have to say hi to Will, Will William Chipaway and Joe. And I want to shout out that guy Rob with all tone in or whatever. Um, yes. the work he's been doing. And just like, man, that guy, he knows how to navigate the internet trolls, right? Because like anytime you put something up, somebody has to make some stupid comment and it's just like they're they're not they're not creating anything, right? And Rob just knows how to like maneuver that, you know, in a respectful way and, and like stand his ground with the point he made and um he just keeps putting up some just some great stuff. So that's good that's you know I appreciate Rob a lot for doing that. And then, you know, your episode about scripted show. No, don't do it. You already have segments, right? You already have your intro. Oh, you have your main yeah. topic. I didn't know where you, you were going at topic. first with this. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. When I was listening to that, I was like, I, I, I was like grinding my teeth listening to you, you know, saying about that guy's comments, man. Like, who is that guy? Like, get out of here then. Like, you know what I mean? Like, stop. Um, yeah. Like, no, the best part about the show, the reason why I don't miss an episode is because of, you know, just that 
sitting at the bar talking, you know, this talk, you know, and yeah. wherever it's going to go. Yeah. That's the, that's that's why the show is as great as it is and as popular as it is. So, yeah, no, I mean, don't put don't put any phony parameters on it like that for for some guy who who cares who cares who he is. He's a critic. And, oh, uh, there's lots. Of, oh, I've gotten it before from a few people. Uh, it wasn't. I will point out it wasn't just him that has said that. But it's. Uh, yeah. Well, at this point, I always say it's too late too now. Because if I tried to do that yeah. now, now it'll just come across as phony, right? Because it's like, well, yeah, you yeah. know. So you, I, you know, it is what it is at this point. But yeah, it's um, yeah, it's interesting what what. Um, oh yeah, I mean, it's far far more people have obviously said the majority have said what you have said. That yeah, just keep it the way it is, and like what my original vision for the show was, just as I I don't know, I think uh, yeah, I think my original vision is the correct vision. I think I for for the way I present things, or at least how I'm most comfortable presenting things, is I have to keep it like yeah, like you said, we're hanging out at the bar after the game, just talking, or in the basement yeah. while the game's on drinking and. This is what the conversation is. Yeah. And I think that's always yeah. kind of what I've shot for. And, uh, yeah, there's no point in changing now. So, yeah. No. And then, and then just the randomness of it is what makes it fun. Like, you know what I mean? When I hear you say the opening of the show, when I hear you crinkle that pack of hockey cards, I'm like, all right, cool. We get hockey cards this episode. That's great. You know, and I hear, oh, we got another list here. You know, okay, good. I don't even care what the list is about. We're going to get a list. We're going to, we're going to listen to Darren pick it apart. So, yeah, they're not every episode, and that's a good thing, I think. So, don't well, change a thing. Well, thank you. I I I, pl- I won't. And um, yeah, well, I have hockey cards right here. I have to <laughs> still. I it. still have to do, do the it. intro and everything for this show. Oh, yeah. So uh, I will All be right. opening cards, and I do have a list. Funny enough, while well, I was telling you before, I said Joe Lazito sent me a list today. And it's a Ranger list. Yeah. I didn't look at it. He's like, you have to do this on the show. So I'm sure this yeah. list is going to be absolute train wreck. So I'm looking forward to, to uh, going through that list, opening these cards, and then I'm going to attach this at the end of the show. So this will be uh, you're you're, the, you're hitting cleanup. So, uh, but uh, yeah, I, I, a list like that I know is going to have a, a Mark Messier on it, and I know it's going to have. It'll probably depending on when it was written possibly have a old Samuelson or a Darius Casparitis type name on there. Hopefully not, but, um, yeah. Oh, Casparitis we'll did see. play for the Rangers, didn't he? I forgot about him. Yeah, that. yeah. Oh, I hated that guy. So. I think yeah. I, I definitely, I definitely hated Alf more than Casparitis though, for sure. Yeah. But I didn't like yeah. either of them. But, Mm-mm. all right, man. Well, thank you again Mark for coming on. And, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. we'll definitely do this again. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was 